and we're here. Welcome to Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. Yeah, you saw me yesterday. And you know, we always usually do a weekly review. We got my guy, Tony Tucker. We may have other guys that come on. Can't wait to look forward to what they have to say. Tony Tucker, you already know the rules. You know what to do. Represent who you represent. Good afternoon, Raw Minds Nation. Like you said, my name's Tony <laughs> Tucker. You can see in the background there, Warzone Sports Network. We'd really appreciate it if you'd head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We just passed 1,100 on there. It was a big accomplishment. Feeling Man, great about that. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, we're just getting ready for football season. Tomorrow night, we got our, uh, we're got our. we starting with the AFC South. We're all putting our predictions out into the universe so we can all either sound like geniuses or fools come february um yeah lots of lots of great stuff going on over there not really watching too much of the olympics um but i'm you know i i think once we get to more gold medal events more events i'll be there and i'll be ready to watch it baseball kicking off trade deadline happening all sorts of great things happening over at the warzone sports network and now uh, I'm ready to just to chop it up when you're ready to throw the first topic my way. Oh, man, my guy, my guy. We about to get started, man. And shout out to my guy, Hendrick Bells Bondsman. For you guys who like the club, like to have fun, you know, you get drunk, have a good night. You know, although you made a simple mistake, <laughs> you don't have to stay in there all night. Call my guy, Hendrick Bells Bondsman. He'll get you out. He'll get you right away to your family immediately so they won't even know you was even in jail. You know, so they won't even miss you. So, you know, so once you got the club or whatever you're doing, just go to him. He'll come get you out. Call him a call. Use the promo code Raw Mind. He might give you a discount. I'm just telling you, like, he, he's good at what he does and he's genuine. Just, just check him out if you need him. I hope you do right. But at the same time, that's raw thoughts. He can't make no money if you don't go to jail. So he's going <laughs> to need some of you to do, act up. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not right. Right. I'm not going to lie. Like the younger version of me probably could have used a business card. I will not confirm nor deny that, but I could have maybe used Hendrix bail bonds, uh, little business card in my wallet. Oh man. We're going to get to the first topic, man. The NBA finals have come and gone. Give me your raw thoughts on the NBA finals overall, overall. And I give you mine. Okay, so I fought a lot of the internet trolls and hatred. Not fought, but just disagreed with them uh -huh. on the idea that, that it wasn't a good finals or it wasn't a good it wasn't good for the game or whatever. I feel like every 10 years, let's cleanse the palate with a right. matchup that we didn't see coming, right? I feel right. like everybody's so like gripping their opinions. I said it was gonna be Brooklyn versus the Lakers, and so therefore I hate these finals. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. Everybody was propping up Giannis, loved Giannis for so long. How could you not be happy about that? Like, right. I saw the ratings were not great, but like, it's kind of what you expect. Nobody, people come for one thing, for love and for hate in, in the mm. masses. Nobody hates Milwaukee. Nobody's looking around going like, oh, you know that state that we fly over? <laughs> like, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, we stopped on our way to New York at the Milwaukee airport. I hated that airport. Nobody's right. really been to Milwaukee. So you don't hate it. They're not some right. powerhouse that you hate. Like, Cleveland is really the only Midwestern team that I can think of uh, that's a smaller city that had some dominance that could be hated. And it's because they had a polarizing figure like LeBron James. Giannis right. is not that he's loved. So 
I enjoyed the finals. I had the Bucks in seven. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried when they went down 2-0 in Phoenix, but Coach Bud was more impressive than I thought. Um, Devin Booker, who I gave a lot of grief to, he showed up big in some fourth quarters. Like that's what I wanted to see from him. When everybody was telling me, blah, blah, Stephen A. Smith and his idiotic, he's the next Kobe Bryant. Hey, Stephen A., go ahead, take a chill pill on comparing Devin Booker, undersized guard who can't play defense like one of the all-time greats. But like, there's no need to make that comparison. Devin Booker is his own player. He's very good, potentially great. I could see him being the leader on a finals winning team. You know, like it was disappointing to see CP3 be that close and not have the kind of game that we maybe thought he could or should have had. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And for me, like it's it's for me, it's a win-win for North Carolina. I said on the post last week, you know, PJ Tucker played, he played at Texas, yeah, he went overseas, then he ended up becoming he's doing what he was asked to do from a coach. He's a role player, so you know, he's gonna be the guy who's gonna do the necessary things that he's asked to do. Chris Paul is the facilitator who does things what he's asked to do. They're both doing what they're asked to do. So, it's, I mean, it was a tough situation. It was a win-win for North Carolina. You knew one was going to have to lose. Nobody wants to be in the situation, but it happened. Now, my thing is, like, I kind of like the series like it was, too, because, like, some people really, really were getting tired of seeing LeBron. I'm never getting tired of seeing LeBron, even though he's not even my favorite, but I'm never getting tired of seeing LeBron. But seeing LeBron not be in the finals was kind of – Kind of, you know, taking a first round exit was kind of rare because I don't know the last time LeBron took a first round exit. Never. I don't even think in his first few years in um Cleveland, maybe he took a no, first round. Exit. He's never been knocked out in the first round. This is the Whew. first time ever. So now I, I say to myself, like watching this series, like it was pretty much to the situation of who's going to win the series. You you just had a a, a balance, like who was going to win. It really was no dominant prediction that Milwaukee was going to win the NBA Finals. Like, or Phoenix is going to win. And for me, I'm looking at it like every round, the Phoenix Suns were truly, truly blessed. I mean, just being raw thoughts. First round, AD's hurt. Second round, I want to say, play against Denver. Murray's hurt. Third round, Kawhi's out. And all these teams took them to the to the, to the 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 last, um every bit, whatever they had, ounce in them left. So all those injuries piled up of key players, not just any player, key players who are, Definitely very valuable to a title run out of it. Now you have that. The sad part about it is if they're healthy next year, Phoenix don't go back. So now I say to myself, the legacy of Chris Paul's career, maybe in hopefully he goes to a championship team. If he doesn't, he had a great career. That's it. I don't yeah. see a championship coming out of it. Milwaukee's situation was a look of the draw too, you know, Philadelphia getting eliminated by Atlanta Hawks was more the better matchup for Milwaukee because it was a dominant matchup, although, you know, Atlanta was shooting lights out. Then you have Brooklyn, took them to a game seven, no Kyrie Irving, not the MVP James Harden. That James Harden was just out there for decoy reasons. So now you take it, they took you to game seven. Imagine those guys are healthy. You probably don't even win that series. Now it's the perfect time for the guy like the Greek free his story. Like you said, he's not hated to win a championship. Now, if these guys help the next year, I don't know if Milwaukee gets back. Any one of those teams. I, I feel like Boston's going to upgrade. I feel like Philadelphia's going to make some moves, probably get Ben Sims out of there. Miami's still around. Atlanta, expectations going to be higher because of what they've done. So they got to sign back John Collins. So now I'm looking at those things like 
do this team, the Milwaukee Bucks, get back to the championship? They'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think. I don't think they'll be in the championship. I think if Brooklyn is healthy, this same team is here, and they add more, if they can add anybody, it's going to change up the details of the story. So I feel like these two teams had their moment and made the best person in this moment wins because of everything falling, the chips falling in the correct spot for them. Only thing about it, Milwaukee got their draw. Phoenix, I don't know. Even with Booker coming up in the next few years, I don't know what's going to happen. What you about to say? It sounds like you about to say something. Yeah. Well, first I wanted to make the joke. I called him James Hardly as because he was hardly <laughs> able to play in that series. But so I think that, yes, both teams caught breaks, but that's kind of the story of every NBA final. So, like, it's so grueling and long to be a part of seven-game series after an 82-game stretch. So it often is a war mm-hmm. of attrition, right? That's why the Lakers winning last year, people kind of discount it because the pandemic gave them a break. So it's like, I'm happy. I, like you said, I'm really happy for PJ Tucker. He's one of those role players. He's been there. He's been doing it for such a long time that you want to be able to be happy for him. And I eventually would have been happy for Chris Paul too. Don't get me wrong. Like I was hating on the Suns because they dismantled the Lakers so easily, but I would have been happy for him too. If you look at the favorites, the early favorites for next year's on the future bet, Milwaukee is third and the Suns are fifth. They're already projecting that neither of these teams will even be back to the finals. They have Brooklyn one, Lakers two, Bucks three. So it's like, I think we're going to talk about CP3's legacy a little yeah. bit, um, but that's the that's the biggest question mark to me. And just real quick before I hand it back to you, Chris Middleton finally got some love. That he oh, but, uh, My guy, Chris Middleton, who I love so much, and I'm <laughs> such a fan of him, I will say this, that the argument that I wanted his game seven to be more like what Giannis's was. And he had the opportunities. The problem is he doesn't believe in himself as much as I believe in him. He does not want that smoke unless he has to go and like handle it. Right. Because he handled it when Giannis went out in the Eastern Mm -hmm. conference. And you can say whatever you want about that Hawks team that he, that he beat in back-to-back games in games five and six, but he gets everything so effortlessly on the offensive end, but then he just passes up shots. He, yeah. he, he gets crazy turnovers inside the paint trying to get the ball to Giannis. I'm like, bro, you're 6'7". On a guard that's smaller than you, rise up and hit that little jumper. And then after two turnovers, he'll do it. And as you can see, Raw Thought, shout out to my guy, Will Vines, on the real estate, man. If you need a house looking for a home, wherever it's said, he can make it happen. He could probably help you find something better for your interest. But it is, don't get evicted by rent. Go get you a home and try to hope you don't foreclose and make sure he puts you in the right plan with it. That's where we're going. But another Raw Thought moment here before I bring my, my other guest on, my guy, Brandon. Um, my son, apparently, this is why you don't do business. That's why you got to have, have people out of the studio. As you can see, my son is back here. He's having a great time. I don't know. He didn't knock down my 49er blanket. We got to teach him that that's not going to happen. And he is over here having his own fun by himself. Like, back here, literally. Hey, car. Hello? You know, <laughs> he ain't paying no mind he to me. Said, so mind your saying? business. Yeah. I'm bringing in my other guest, man. B Matt, how you doing, young man? I'm doing good. Bless. How are you guys? I'm doing, doing great. Doing good, man. It's Tony Tucker, man. Tony Tucker, Project Drew Podcast. B-Mac, your live stream, your own asshole. You know, if you got anything to say about somebody, don't say it up here because you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see? 
You good? Uh, this, uh, this microphone is kind of kind of iffy. In other words, can't we can hear you though? I mean, if that's yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. I can. So anyway, I can, you guys, I can hear you guys better now. It was kind of weird for a second, but go ahead. Hey, yeah, so all right, so we're talking about the NBA Finals, but I'm gonna finish up with the NBA Finals. I know you're gonna let you talk about it real quick before we go to the next topic. What I felt like in the NBA Finals was like, I knew from the get go, car, I knew from the get go, it was no answer for the Greek freak. Like, once he get between the paint, unless he settles for a jump shot, Phoenix had no answer for him, and it showed like he had pulverizing dominance in game. Was it game six? Yeah, game six. Well, he just couldn't be stopped. Everything. All he takes, all he has to do is take two steps. He's to the rim. Now, I did say this. He could have scored 70 points. They still could have lost. So, in other words, I'm saying he got to have Drew Holiday or Middleton to at least play at least average or maybe above average to do something. So, even when he got those triple teams and he was dominant, if the Phoenix Suns were knocking down those threes, by the way, it's a it's a missing alert out on James Crowder, Mister. I'm gonna talk jump. He out there missing point blank wide open jump shots. Talking all this jump, he out there missing wide open jump shot. You get paid millions of dollars. That's your role to knock down those jump shots to keep those star players from getting double teamed. And you can't even do that out there wide open too. At that wide open. So with that being said, he started kicking to Middleton on the Greek freak and, and Drew Holiday. They started knocking him down. So it went from a two game losing streak. Till they went and won four games straight because those guys did what they were supposed to do, the necessary stuff. But B Mac, by the way, shout out to B Mac and being your lane podcast. You know, he's he's has a dope podcast. How do you feel about the um the finals? And I'm gonna let you and um, Tony Tucker get into it just in case y'all may have to debate this topic. <laughs> Man, NBA finals. Uh first of all, I me and my me and my boy was wrong. We made a we made our podcast uh prediction. <clears throat> And uh, this is obviously my first time being in Lane podcast. You guys go check that out. Um, we started, uh, we just started the podcast a few months ago. And so this year was the first year I've actually had a real take, like, you know, on camera, you know, on a platform. And so oh. uh, I'm, I'm 0 for 1 right now. Me and, <laughs> me and my <laughs> That is funny because this is actually the first finals I've gotten wrong in a few years. And uh, not wow. and not even the one, not even the, uh, not even because the other ones were predictable. It's just I was wrong, and I think, I think it was a, it, it probably was a level of unpredictability, and I think that was the pleasure of watching the finals this year that you really didn't know. I mean, you knew what, what players are going to be dominant, but you just kind of knew it was like it's going to come down to whose best player played the best, and who who's also whose role players or who's secondary and third third you know, stream whatever players were going to come up. And so, I mean, you're right. They didn't have no answer for Giannis. Now, the question for Giannis coming into the series was, if, was he going to be healthy? And so, uh, you know, first game, you kind of filled it out a little bit. Second game, you know, you can start to see he was back. And then, I mean, really, he just kept – he was the, the consistency was there all all series. So, I mean, as far as the Bucks goes, Middleton, Middleton was the closer. I mean, to be honest with you – Oh, we got another Middleton fan around here. Giannis could have Giannis could have done anything he wanted to, and I mean they still could have lost. But it was Middleton hitting the big shots. I mean, it was game three. Game three was the only game Talk three was to the, the only game. Game three was the only game where Middleton didn't have to hit the big shots. And even in game three, 
he and Drew were really the reason why they got out on that run. Because remember, it was a close game. And then Drew and Middleton just blew the whole thing open. And yep. so, I mean, after that, it's just a confidence builder. I mean, the thing about the Suns is that they had – Booker had a bad – they all played well the first two games. Then game three, Aiton and CP played really well. And then Booker was bad. Then the I next two games, Booker's 40, 40 pieces and CP and Aiden. I mean, Aiden was nowhere to be found. So just, we got to put an APB out for him, too. Yeah. Uh, CP was APB in that whatever I think. What, I think it was game three where he had eight points. No, no, I'm sorry. It was game four. Yeah. Game four, he had he had eight points. So, I mean, and then he had a, he had, he had a good game six, but, I mean, it's just – Booker then Booker had an average game six, and Aiden started off right. One for eight. Aiden started off one for eight from the field, so he was like I said, he was APB after game two. Aiden was nowhere to be found, and that was surprising. I mean, dude, coming for a dude who averaged said he his field goal percentage was seventy to eighty percent up until like the last four games, which they lost. So I mean, for them to go to another level, I mean, I think CP should run it back with the Suns. Um, I think. Do you Booker, think they're gonna get back when they helped the LeBron, the Lakers, and Milwaukee? I don't know what the Clippers going to do, but if they listen, keep the same core intact, then who else we got in the West? Denver may come back. Dallas may get better. Go ahead, go ahead. You said, hold on, you, you told me, hold, told me to hold up on my own show. Hold on, hold on. Here you go. Here you go. The floor's yours. First initial, first initial thought is, can they run it back? It'll be way harder to get to the finals next year. Like, they had to win this year. I think the Bucks. this is the thing about it, is the Bucks have a chance to make it for years to come. CP window is here, if not here. Right, so, right. it's like, he had to win this year, especially even if you even if you take CP3's joint out, you take his whole thing out, we're talking about the Western Conference. So, I mean, anything, everything is up for grabs. Luca, Luca and them gonna come back better. The Clippers gonna come back. They saying Kawhi gonna run it back again. They probably gonna get somebody else. Uh, the Lakers gonna come back healthy, and we know they are gonna add a third star. We just waiting to see who. Or they might get two because they talking about getting Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. So we gonna see. I mean, the whole the Nuggets gonna come back. You know, Murray gonna come back. They probably gonna add some pieces. So it, it's gonna be a dog fight next year in the Western Conference for real. We talk about. And like, you forgot about Golden State when they get Klay Thompson back. Oh, and let me not forget about Golden State. So Golden State gonna have Clay Clay back. You know they gonna add some pieces. They might get Bradley Bill. Who knows? They, I've been hearing about that. So I mean, I, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna let uh, I'll let Tony talk. But I uh, I think that Aiden and the reason why I'm, I'm I went to the whole what I think they should do is because I mean I think the Suns can add. They need to add size for one. They need to add size because that that's what killed them. They got pounded on the board. Like the three major stats. Rebounds, turnovers, and assists, they lost all three of those this series on, on an average on a per average basis. So Aiden Aiden has to be Aiden has to be mm, uh, true quality, true quality. He, ha- he has to assert himself more. You can't just come out of average twenty and ten and say you average twenty and ten. You gotta have an impactful twenty and ten. Or if that you need to be twenty five plus and twenty five plus and fifteen rebounds and plus. You gotta be dominant. He got the talent, but he don't assert himself enough. CP, he coming back another year. CP should be that third leading scorer, not that second. He should be their third leading scorer. It should be Booker and Aiden running the offense through them and going from there. But, 
Okay. This is uh, conversation from a point guard out of Houston, by the way. So people don't know he's out of Houston. Trains a lot, plays. I want to say overseas, he plays professionally. So this is his thoughts, his raw thoughts. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> um, no, uh, B Mac. Also, like, welcome to the podcast game. It's not your, you know, last wrong prediction. So just you be wrong, <laughs> have go with it all the time. It's fun. It, you own it. I will say this: uh, there's being bl- there's blame that that it being placed at the feet of Aiton to me that's it's he pull, he he outplayed what we expected from him for the first 3 rounds so then we get to the finals and he's not there the adjustment that bud made how they were sending the bigger players to guard CP3 they weren't able to get the lobs Aiton couldn't be as aggressive they started getting him in foul trouble Aiton also needs to develop more consistent moves in the post that's the problem with all of the big men today that are sort of under that elite tier there's the guys at the very top big men and their ability to score and be Joker Davis uh, I'm probably forgetting somebody but there's that tier and then there's Aiton he's a serviceable big man underneath but he can't be relied upon because he can't score in different ways. That's his issue right there. And for CP3 to run it back to me, I think would be a big mistake because go somewhere else, take less money on a team where you can just go and be the facilitator. We look at what he's able to do with teams that have lesser talent. Go go to the Lakers and play with those guys. You can you can facilitate. He'll he'll be able to play regular season about twenty eight minutes a night, and and his focus and intensity. And I'm a Lakers fan, so I love the idea of CP three being there. He can totally redeem himself for beating up the Lakers and mad dogging them in the first round of this last series that we had. CP3 should not be there, not if he wants to win a chip, because all of the teams that you mentioned, I just want to address Cortland's comment last year. I do believe that Clay will return offensively at no problem. The guy can shoot lights out. I don't think that's something you lose. It's on the defensive end where I think we're going to see a little bit less of him being able to sit in the chair and say, I got, I'm going to lock up your best defender for the next 40 to 48 minutes. I don't think we see that Clay from him. But if they can get young defenders who want that challenge and can play, then I think that the the Warriors will be just fine. And I think they're also going to make a move, possibly dangling Wiseman and uh, picks and all that out there. So right, the West is going to be very interesting. So what that being said, we're going to go to this next topic. You know, I know you were talking about DeMar DeRozan, Larry, Chris Paul. But they also threw out another player that may be able to go to the Lakers. But I have my take on it, and that's Russell Westbrook. So with that being said, I don't know who wants this. He already shaking his head, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now. I'm going to get my thoughts afterwards, what I think about that. And, of course, you have other options. So, I mean, yeah, you still need to pick and choose wisely, but it I, makes I like – go ahead. I, I, I personally don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I think the problem with Westbrook – the problem with Westbrook is not that he can't play with a LeBron. Like, I don't even know. I mean, who knows? I To me, it's like the guys that Westbrook, you know, played with that were really good, they were different type of scores. Like, they could score in a variety of ways. Like, KD and Paul George. Paul George is not LeBron or KD, right? But – 
I mean, his skill set is on par with KD. So my mm. my thing with my thing with that is that Westbrook style of play will allow you to be with somebody who, if they can catch and shoot, Paul George and KD both can catch and shoot, and they come off pin downs, and they come off elevator screens, and they come off screens. Problem is Westbrook, his shot, he's not a good shooter, and he's not a good closeout guy. I mean, so if you're solely going to rely on Bron to close out, and then you're you're relying on Bron to either Bron to close out, or you're relying on AD to be your closer, and he may or may not be healthy for an entire season. So I just feel like you need a veteran guy, like you need a veteran point guard. I mean, not saying that Russ is not a vet, and I love Russ. Let me also point the fact. Oh, oh, oh! I was. Uh, I would I would point the fact that I was a, a, a intern for the Houston Rockets, so I met a lot of these guys. Um, right, 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 right. CP, I know I've mentioned that on your podcast before. I just wanted to let everybody else know. Um, but yeah. CP, I met I, I was around CP every every day. CP is actually my favorite player, and I'm not being biased towards him at all. I just feel personally, if we're talking about leading a team, like just remember the the Lakers team that just won the chip last year. If you go back and watch those games, if you really want to know who had the most impact down the stretch during the playoffs, Rondo. Rondo had a lot of great impact down the stretch because he was able to put guys in position to succeed. So even there were times during the playoffs last year people forget LeBron was on the bench and the Lakers made their best run with him off the floor. Hmm. More, More so than they did when he was on the floor. So I'm just saying, if you have someone like a veteran guy, and we know CP better than Rondo. So I'm just saying, I feel like I feel like CP would be better. Um, I would, I would now, I would take Westbrook over Kyle Lowry. I would take Westbrook over Kyle Lowry for sure. But Kyle Lowry's not bad. I just, I right. Westbrook, you, you can't replace the Westbrook. But the one, the one, the one guy that the one point guard, if you're making out of those three. In order, I would say CP, Westbrook, and then and then Kyle Lowry. Um, they can use Demar. I mean, they they get Demar. That's just an overkill. But yeah. But I was looking at this stuff before you go in, Tony. Like yeah. this is what I was gonna say. Actually, like Russ will be amazing acquisition. I like how you said it, Cortland, because I was thinking with LeBron, he was gonna play off the ball. Like a lot of these guards, I'm gonna make this short and quick. A lot of these guards that are in the NBA now, the the game has changed to like score first guards. Most of these point guards were shooting guards in college all the way growing up. Westbrook was a shooting guard at UCLA. Damian Lillard was a shooting guard at Weber State. Steph Curry was a shooting guard at Dayton. Dame, 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 um, Dame was a point guard. You sure? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll take that back. So now you got that. Now you got Barrett that's that's like that. James Harden was a shooting guard at Arizona State. So now these guys, all these guys are playing point guards now from – from shooting guards, and now you're almost asking them to lead a team. So now it's hard to transition them to into that facilitated type, like Chris Paul. Now you're asking them to do a lot of scoring. So now the reason why their game is like that because they're asking to score first now. So with, with Westbrook's situation, I'm looking at it like now he can actually get off the ball, play beside LeBron. He can actually just be in a score mode, not a jump shoot mode. Because for me, again, Photon gets to it. It's how I look at it. If they sign Russell Westbrook, I'm assuming from around the world, the country, hell, they might sign me, you, and Tony. Anybody else, if they sign Westbrook, I'm pretty sure they're going to find a bunch of shooters to surround that team with on the veteran minimum. It's the only way because Westbrook, LeBron are kind of going to be inconsistent from the jump shooting ability. At the day, it's going to do just about anything if he's healthy. 
So I, I like his ability to shoot the ball. Now the rest of the team, veteran minimum, they're gonna be finding shooters who can just spot up. It's it's that's the only way it's gonna work for me. Right. Looking at it like that, but at the same time, Westbrook doesn't have to. Now with LeBron, he doesn't have to play on the ball or bring the ball to the court as much unless LeBron is out. So now it allows him to be more effective instead of just trying to get everybody involved to be who he naturally needs to be. Go ahead, Tony. Last year was the last year was the first of the most we've seen LeBron play off the ball with Dennis Schroeder. He tried that. I think that if LeBron is going to try and enhance his three-point ability, then Westbrook can work out. Westbrook would be third on my list. And I, because I've already seen what Kyle Lowry is willing to sacrifice next to other great players, what he did in Toronto with Kawhi, and just saying like, "Hey, I get it, I'm good, and when you need me, I'm going to hit big shots." He can hit threes. I still think that LeBron is best suited next to guys that don't need the ball but can make a shot when it's passed to him. And you, mm. you were giving some love to Rondo. I watched every single second of those games. I don't remember if the plus minus supports the runs that Rondo had. Rondo had great moments and was a big part of the team. But like Rondo shot like 40 something percent from three in the bubble, which we've never seen Rondo be that good of uh, that. Mm. The impact that, of he was. That's his. what I'm saying. Rondo at the right time will go crazy. And that's why I was like, you know, sure. I felt like you need someone like that with CPCP during the playoff. He's capable of being a closer. You know what I'm saying? That's more than what Rondo is. Rondo will close maybe from a facilitating standpoint, and sometimes he will just out of out of nowhere start shooting the ball well. But that's why I said he needs somebody who you know in the playoffs can turn it up at any time. Westbrook, you guys say he do say he's a walking triple double. To be honest, I don't care because even though the Thunder won 80 percent of their games while he was a triple double machine, when they got to the playoffs, he was not able to make big shots or close games out. That's been that's why they blew the three one lead when they had KD. That's why he got bounced out the first round for like two or three years in a row. You know, it's it, the 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 uh, I mean, whatever the saying is, but the food the food's right there. Everything is right there. You can see it with Westbrook. I don't trust Westbrook in the playoffs. No, neither do I. I. That's why I would have Kyle Lowry. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know for y'all too. But I, I feel like you put him in the right situation after after past previous situations. Hey, Tony, oh, he's my favorite. He's my favorite player. Tony, but I know that. Westbrook than I am. I know what I'm saying. He's my he's my favorite player, no question. Yeah, no, I know. I, I'm, I'm not talking player. about their talent. I'm talking about where I want them, who I want on the I, I, I Lakers. Hear you. I hear you. I'm yeah. not talking about talent. Westbrook to right, me right. is probably I know, I, I know, I know top. I exactly what you mean. I just didn't expect for you to say third. You talking about what y'all basically both saying to me? What I what I see from it is it's not about Westbrook's talent. It's about situational basketball. The situation of the moment, the moment that comes around, you feel exactly. like in certain moments this may not be it. He may have 50, 60 points. But that one moment we need him to hit this shot, we don't know if he can hit that shot. We don't know what's going to happen. And, like, for me, I like his athleticism. I feel like if the games, if he's on the team, he can keep them guys from being in those close situations. Now, I ain't saying it just from a favorite player standpoint, but I feel like the business perspective, I wouldn't be shocked if they do get Westbrook. I'm not saying they are. But I wouldn't be shocked for one, we're looking at the situation you just explained. Two, he's from Englewood. He's from there. It's home. So, you know, it's all about business outside of basketball, too. He does a lot for the community in that L.A. area. So when they look at that situation, they're going to not just look at it from my own court standpoint. They're going to look for it on an off-the-court standpoint. When you already got LeBron selling tickets, then you have others. We don't know what the situation may be. So I'm looking at it from an overall standpoint. He's home. You know, DeRozan wants to come back. You know, that's why PG came back. You know, and Kawhi Leonard came back to L.A. You know, so guys like that, 
don't mind. And the thing about LA, it's not like your typical home where if you're from Charlotte and you want to come home and play. These teams, you can actually compete for a championship. Your home has a chance for you to compete for a championship. It's rare that you have the Lakers and the Clippers who actually at this moment, if they keep everything down, they can actually compete for a championship. So it's it's a little bit different from that end. So we'll leave it there. Next topic, the Greeks' dominance. How do you feel about the Greeks' dominance from here, years to come? Will we see him in another championship coming soon within the next two years? Say that again. Do I think Giannis is going to win a championship within the next two years? Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'd probably have to say, one, it depends on two things. A hell and a no. <laughs> 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 I, I want to spend it. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna leave it there. What you feel about? It? We'll get away from this topic. Hang on, hang on, real quick. He, for him to be able to do that, there's going to need to be the full collapse again of the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets, which isn't out of the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. You're going to need the Sixers to not replace. To, even if they replace Simmons with with Kyle Lowry, you know, or one of these, even Brogdon, like that to me is enough to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Brogdon, Harris, Embiid, they have some nice role players there. I like Maxi and Thibel. Like I think that team could beat them and get back to the finals. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but we we could we could see that scenario. It's. Giannis making 17 of 19 free throws again in a game. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Like that Mm. to me was the most impressive thing about the 50 piece that he put up in game six. He should get 50 points a game just on like he should get 20 dunks. No problem. Every game. He's that good uh, in the paint. So I would, I'm going to go know that he won't win anytime in the next couple of years and could eventually be joining somebody in about year three or well, four. He, he said, he said, the thing is why I said, hell no, is because you said two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said two years. That that's what I, that's what stood out to me about your question. And I said, no, hell no. I don't see that. Like, especially <laughs> not next year. And then just really, we don't know what's going to happen two years after that. But like, like Tony said, I mean, really just with Philly, I mean, if they go get somebody, I, they need to get rid of Ben Simmons. I'm just going to put that out there right now. They, they yeah, I, mean, to, I think, all, I think yeah. they know that. I think Ben Simmons know that. That's why they haven't been able to call the dude. The dude ain't been answering his phone. He's like, y'all going to move on from me anyway. I don't know why y'all trying to call me. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, you got to – you need to pair another star. I mean, if Tobias Harris isn't going to be that guy, which – Tobias has has had every chance to go out there and prove that he was more than a B level star. He just hasn't done it. So if you're gonna if you're gonna pair somebody with Embiid, make sure it's somebody who's a three level scorer. They got to be a three level scorer. I don't even care if they're a two guard. I don't even care if they're a point guard. Go get a point. Go get a point guard. Go get a point guard who's a facilitator and go get you a two guard that can score from all three levels. They can shoot threes. They can mid range and they can go in. So I mean. That if I'm Philly, that's what I'm doing. I mean, you got to go get a scoring guard. Who cares? Go get Dame or something like that. But I just feel like at the end of the day, like with the Bucks, like they're gonna have they have to make some upgrades to that roster. 
because it. I mean, like like no, the Nets would have killed them if they even just had Harden healthy. They didn't even need Kyrie to beat the Bucks. Um, right, you know, right. I, I, and I love Giannis. I love his story. Uh, I became a fan after he won the championship. I think he deserves one. Um, I don't know if this early. You know, this. I think how early it was. I think you know he's my age. Me and him the same age. We're both twenty six years old. So I, I'm not. He's an inspiration to me. Just knowing how hard he's worked, where he came from. Um, but at the end of the day, like Giannis is like he. I, don't, I hate to say luck and I hate to say asterisk. I'm not gonna put an asterisk next to his championship. You won. He won the chip. Yeah. But you know he's gonna have to become at least a two level score, a consistent two level score. You said he could average fifty in the, by 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 post. I wouldn't say he's averaging twenty eight and dude doesn't even make one three a game. So that that takes me back to that's how Jordan was, but Jordan just didn't work on his threes. He didn't work on his threes at all. He took less than one three a game for the first like I don't know how many years of his career. But if Giannis develops at least a mid range shot and he's dominant or really good in that area, he don't even need threes. If he can at least have that, that will that will take him to a different level. But I don't even know if it's about adding a player at this point. I really feel like how far the Bucks go is going to depend on how far Giannis's game goes. I I com- com- completely agree with that. It could, and that's what I've been saying about Giannis forever. If he understood that that painted area was his and dominated, right? Everybody, a lot of the comparisons that I've seen, people do the the Jordan Pippen comparisons when they look at the best two players on team. To me, Giannis dominates more in a Shaq uh, way, right? It's in that area, but he needs mm-hmm. to develop more like Hakeem, even Patrick Ewing, these guys that can score with their back to the basket, post up, make a move, can pass out of that, and like command it, bring double teams, you make your teammates better being able to pass out of that scenario, and until that part gets better, I can't see him having any real dominant run. That's all I'm saying. Dominate the painted area, and the Bucs can win. I'm glad you said Hakeem, though. I think that actually – that's the first time I've heard anybody say that. I actually actually agree with you. He could be a more athletic Hakeem Olajuwon. He can. Uh, Hakeem One thing he's going to have to develop is this now. you talking What's about Hakeem. Saying, Hakeem had moves. Back, he had moves. I don't know if Greek got moves yet, you but Hakeem back. had moves. I know. he got Hakeem had a real bag. He was the first big man to me who had a bag. Like, he, he could go from the outside, take you in, dribble – Dream shake you to death and, and shoot that mid-range shot, uh, turnaround shot. So I think Giannis needs to be Giannis needs to be calling Hakeem's phone right now yeah. and saying, hey, we need to get in the lab. Like, I need right. – well, I know Kobe not here. Rest in peace. That's my dog. I need to get I need to get in the lab with the next best footwork in the game, which, which would be Hakeem Olajuwon. That's, if I'm Giannis, that's how it is. Like I said, Giannis needs to be able to consistently score from 15 feet in. We already know you can go in and do a little cross jab, dunk on somebody. Okay, fine. I need you to be able to shoot that mid range shot, off the pick and pop, off the off the uh, off the catch, off the dribble, off the post up. You get dominant from fifteen feet in. That just takes the Bucks to a whole different level. Now, if you do go watch right. watch those finals, he hit some some big time shots off of turnaround jump shots. And look, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, once I once I started seeing him hit those, that's when I said this game series is over with. Because <laughs> this series is over with because he started hitting turnaround jump shots. I said I ain't never seen you act like this yep. before. Yeah, this series is done. Right. Yeah. So, with that being said. 
we'll go to on the next topic, man. Before we um get to, it. we're gonna get quickly wrap it up. CP3 legacy, man. How do you guys feel about? It? We'll make this real quick and sweet because I got some interesting NFL topics we can talk about. And one Tony, more trade. Topic. I'm gonna let Tony hit that one first because I I got my own personal take on it. Go ahead. So uh, I. Before going in, I was arguing with a lot of people. They're saying CP3 is already top five. They were kind of giving him the championship already. And I said to wait and see. He wasn't in my top five before. After that loss, he's still not in my top five with just an NBA appearance. Um, There's just guys that I I like their careers better. So I would say right now CP3 in an all-time rank is probably um, at seven. Uh, six area for me, right? Which isn't a bad thing. You're looking at the guys ahead of them, like just you know, point guards. Uh, what is it? Just point guards, right? Yeah. If yeah, I'm just looking point. at, if I'm just looking at point Was guards, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> like Zeke, uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh, Oscar Robinson, Steph Curry, John Stockton, like. Magic Johnson is my top five area there. And then I got him somewhere in there with like Jason Kidd. Um, but I I even kind of lean a little heavier towards Jason Kidd than I do him. And then it would be CP3 for me. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because he's always sort of worn down at the wrong time, right? The, right. the series with the Warriors, that would have been something that if he could have found a way to finish that, and it sucks because it was an injury problem, but if he could have finished that, that is the point where we point where we look at in the legacy. He beat that team fully healthy. You'd be that that's mm. what we'd be talking about. He took out that Warriors team with those three players, all Hall of Famers on them. And that, that's what'd be interesting. Go ahead, um, B Met. Man, so like I said, this is personal for me. <laughs> uh, it's personal, but I was de- I'm definitely was heartbroken. Like I use that word for real. Like I wanted CP to win that bad. Uh, knowing him, I mean, at my turn for the intern, my my time for the intern as a rocket, um, the Rockets. I mean, CP CP's reputation doesn't precede him to me. I think he's a good dude. I think he he's one of the ultimate alpha males that people, you know, probably misunderstand him. And they misunderstand his competitive. I'm not. I'm not saying that he hasn't made his mistakes. Cause he has. He's done some stuff. I mean, you hold him accountable for. Okay, what are you doing? But I wanted him to win really, really bad. Um, personally, if I'm going to name my top five point guards, I have him right at five. Um, the thing is, is that none of those other guys, I don't believe, would do. And I, I know championships matter, but. You know, point guards are kind of graded a little bit differently. I think um, CP has taken really bad teams and made them great or made them good. And, I mean, just you want to talk about how good he is. OKC last year had a .03 chance of making the playoffs. And they ended up with the same regular season record as the Houston Rockets, the team that traded him. That's insane. Like that—that's ultimately insane. I don't see a lot of point guard. I don't see anybody doing that. Maybe Magic. Maybe I don't know. But I think his ability to impact teams is like—it's almost second to none. Um, now I'm a championship or bust type of guy, so of course I'm not going to put him any higher than five. Um, there's a lot of point guards in NBA history, great point guards that don't have championships. So 
he made it to the finals in a tough Western Conference. He lost to a team with Giannis, who's really an all-time great at this point. Um, two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, now Finals MVP. So we know what Giannis is about. So I, I'm not even mad at him for you losing to Giannis. I mean, Giannis is Giannis is Giannis at this point. But my top five point guards, I got Magic first. I got Isaiah Thomas second. Um, I got Oscar Robertson third. Um, I probably have to go with J. Kidd four and CP three at five. So you don't consider Steph Curry a point guard then? No, I don't. I don't. Okay, um, yeah, then that's fine. I'd be. I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm Steph. Steph is a. He's an initiator. He's not a point guard. Like no, I, I agree. I, I don't. He just. I I cringe. I, I just cringe at the fact at the thought of Steph being considered a point guard. That's just me watching his game, and I love. I, I'm a fan of Steph Curry. I just don't view him as a point guard, and I, I think that. Uh, I mean, if you want to put Steph Curry as a point guard, I would put him at three. Um, I would. I. I have. I still have a hard time putting him above Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I, I think oh yeah. I think people forget how good Isaiah was. Not like, me. I grew up. No that way. was my introduction <laughs> to basketball, right there. There's no way. There's no way Detroit. Detroit was not supposed to win two championships. No. Like we look back on them with fondness because of the whole bad boy image, but he wasn't supposed to win two championships with that. They would have won three really if he didn't get hurt. Right. Um, I'm not, not going to go that far. But, I will. I will uh, always go that far. I love the bad boys. I would say I would kind of agree with Cortland. I would say Curry's probably fourth at best, you know, as far as third or fourth. I, I wouldn't put him above Oscar. Like I said, I just position-wise, I can't put him higher. I wouldn't be able to put him higher than fourth. Um, so I have that, a question. Well, my, like I said, if I'm excluding Curry, you know, uh, Magic, Isaiah, Oscar, J-Kid, and then, um, and the, so the reason why now people would ask me, though, why would you put him above Stockton? Thank and put you. Him above, above Nash. So my reasoning for both of them is neither. I mean, okay, Stockton played defense. Yes. I don't think Stockton. I'm not a hypothetical guy. I just when I when I view them as a matchup, I just don't feel like Stockton will be able to stay in front of all these guards today. Like I just, I don't know. Some, something about Stockton just doesn't. <laughs> Like, Hang on a second. Hang on. And, Hang on. And if we can't even say, I'm not even gonna say. I'm not even gonna say. Look, Stockton was still a better, better defender than Nash. Way better defender than Nash. Nash could not play defense. Now he could no. put a. He could. He could impact the game, putting up a whole lot of points. But that defense, oh, Nash cannot play no defense. And that and that that bugged me about Nash. So CP3, I just like I said, I feel like his impact is just. It just is what it is. He he's in my top five. And then you know the only other point guard that would probably be in that t- in that five range to me would probably be Gary Payton. I mm. like that. I like the shout out to Gary Payton. Let me just ask one last question. And I do love that you said I don't like hypotheticals, and then went into a hypothetical where John Stockton can't guard these today guards. Um, but real quick, who did Stockton lose to in the NBA Finals? Jordan. Oh man. Okay. Just he said, was an irritant. Now, <laughs> defender, his steals numbers are inflated due to the craftiness, craftiness, but he wasn't an elite on ball defender. So I guess Bingo. that's pretty much Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. That's so um, I'm going to go to this one more NBA topic before I go into sports news. Now, Bradley Beal may ask for a trade before the draft. Um, I said, from what I saw the other day, it was Miami, Philly maybe, Boston, and Golden State. 
And I'm surprised he didn't mention the Lakers in that. So he was thinking about a trade. So I'm and that's what kind of led me to say, if you're not trying to go to the Lakers, maybe Westbrook is trying to go to the Lakers. He didn't mention the options that as a destination, the Lakers. It, it just didn't hit me correctly. So how do you guys feel about Bradley, Bradley Beal? trying to go to Boston. He go to the, Boston. Different thing. Go ahead. The Boston, Boston. Yeah, wherever he wherever he goes, I think Boston's a good location for him i still want boston their focus to me is big so i would like if they made a move i would like carl anthony towns to go to to go there Mm. but um Mm. as far as bradley beal like he's the guy i've wanted on the lakers i think he's a perfect uh match with lebron james just he can get the ball when and just shoot from all over the place and he can get Mm -hmm. so hot he can create off the dribble he could when when LeBron goes to the bench, he has the ability to just play ISO and get buckets and keep it going. If you watch Laker games, every single one like I do, the most frustrating thing is that LeBron will go to the bench with a six-point lead, almost like clockwork, and then need to come back into the game because it will be this. Or if it's a four-point game when he goes to the bench, he comes back and it's an eight-point game. It's not. It's like watching you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to happen again, and it happens again because they don't have anybody – who picks up the slack when he goes to the bench? I've seen I've seen Laker teams do better with him on the bench than on the floor. I mean, I, I period, Ooh, where's the plus minus to support period, that argument? I, I, Where is the plus minus to support that? Look, I'm not I'm not a stat nerd. I'm just I watch the game. I'm not a stat person either. I'm just I'm saying just like saying, it's saying, a pretty simple you, stat to look at. About plus and minus, I, I can't sit here and say I can prove it to you. I'm telling you with my own eyes with the eye test. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm telling okay. you, I've seen the Lakers. Okay. I've seen the Lakers go on runs with him on the bench, and especially in key games. I'm not. Trying yeah, it to rains him, once in a while in Los Angeles run. too. Like every once in a while, it rains here in sunny LA. Like yeah, yes, it happens rain, once in a while, but it just, it's it, not it just, the norm. It just happens. It may, <laughs> not be the norm. it may be the norm, but it happens when it, when it needs to happen. Needs to happen the most. Oh boy! So we go, we go to another topic right here because this, this topic right here, this is one of them. Matter of fact, raw thoughts. This script, this you know, how you have snippets for your for your podcast show. This snippet is going to be used on my Instagram and YouTube <laughs> and Facebook. God. You saying what you saying and seeing the reaction from Tony Tucker. So get all the good snippets action in because that right there was like, whew, he even. I don't know if that's Coca. I watched every single was. dribble of of <laughs> Lakers basketball for the last three seasons, and it's it's. Not, oh boy! Oh no! Right, so here we go. You might want to go re- rewatch that bubble work then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So uh, I'm, I'm not never gonna I'm go not, to the I'm not that impressed with that championship they won. I mean, yeah, it's impressed with the bubble part, but not the not the run, not the run itself. But that's what <laughs> This is gonna be yeah. This is definitely gonna be a snippet. Uh, so now we go to NFL. NFL players, coaches may not be able to play. They may lose their job because they don't get vaccinated. How do you guys feel about that? This is one of those raw thought moments. NFL is putting the pressure to hammer down. I don't know if it's the NFL PA, whoever it is. Some players, even DeAndre Hawkins, even came out like, I don't even know if I want to take the vaccine, and if I gotta retire early, then so be it. You know, and for them, it's a situation like if they do retire, especially people like. Tangere Hopkins, those guys who already got that money, like they're already millionaires. They already been you being smart financially. They probably could do it with no problem, but it's a different case for that. Give me your raw thoughts. This is Democrats versus Republicans, only despise disguised as football players. 
<laughs> raw thoughts. <laughs> Look at this raw thoughts. Raw thoughts is here. <laughs> this 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 is like this is like political views. You know those conspiracy theories that convince you of all the crazy things going on in the government. Like I feel like it's like the difference between people who either you trying to make the money so you're gonna stay in the league, or you you believe the government's trying to control everybody so they don't want to take it, or they feel like well you can't control me, you can't control me and make me do it, aka Republicans. Uh, and you can't make me take a vaccine and expect me to be okay with it. It's so many, it's like a few different varieties to me as far as like why I feel like people are wanting or not wanting to take the vaccine. Personally, for me, I'm not going to say whether I support whether or not they should make the players do it. I feel like they have the right intentions. But like I said, everybody has their viewpoint on what what's real and what what's not real about COVID, right? And how they feel like COVID should handle it, and so what you're just seeing here is just a, a really the difference in opinion to me. I don't feel like people should lose their jobs over it. I feel like they should be at least like put on the back burner. I mean, the team has to deal with it the way they want to deal with it. But finding people fifteen thousand dollars, I think, is pretty insane. I think I don't know if it is fifteen k. I don't know what it is, but it's it's just pretty I, insane. Either that to or me. to the point they may lose a defensive coordinator lost his job. You know, it's other yeah. people really saying it, and the Vikings on. I think he was a part of defense, of course. And they won the not the coordinator, but one of the coaches. I want to say what the dude from the Vikings, the, the Vikings. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. He said he didn't want to take it, and they they pretty much dismissed him. Like, yeah. you know, people like that. Just, I mean, I, I get it, but Tony, give me your thoughts. Um, it's business. It's all business. It, the NFL is trying to. They don't care. I mean, how long did it take for them to look into CET, CET and all the other things that go on? Right. They're basically trying to take a stance uh, from an angle of like, how are we going to be able to get ahead of the like in, in the PR world of where this comes, right? <laughs> it's in the idea that DeAndre Hopkins is going to retire and walk away from all this money. I, there's no way that I could see him walking away because you're saying he's set. But a lot of that money has to be given back. If you just leave, you don't just get to right. keep all that I'm talking money. About like, no, no, I, I get that. I'm talking about like the money he didn't receive over years. I'm saying like even when he was with Houston, for sure. example. I'm he, pretty sure he probably didn't. I, I'm hoping, I'm assuming that he's being smart about his money before then. Now the big contract and some of that money got to give away. Yeah, I get that. But I'm talking about like these previous contracts has already been done i'm pretty sure go ahead yeah no he he wouldn't be he, he wouldn't be living next to me right like he'd be fine he'd be he'd yeah. be doing okay but i'm just saying the idea of leaving hundreds of millions of dollars it's not going to happen the Ooh. nfl is just trying to to me to play the public perception game and they're trying to keep mm -hmm. as many fans as they can happy and i don't think right. that they necessarily uh anticipated this kind of pushback from some of the bigger stars right but they're getting that i also think that deandre deleted the message or whatever right he like so I, I don't know what that says like i saw a few people who were originally against it then deleted it and it's kind of like oh i talked to my eight i talked to whoever and they said <laughs> this is gonna cost you and Daddy Daddy I'm, I'm still taking my what you were talking about off air about prs and stuff that's what pretty much happened I, I just be raw thoughts that wasn't them really wanting to delete it, it's them getting a call. Hey, what you think you're doing? Oh, hey, Ryan, take this down. That, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's that's a real thing. So, Tony, you don't know me, but I you know I play professional basketball, I do have an agent. So, right, uh, right. 
whenever my me and my agent talk, and she she's like, watch what you put on social media. I know you're not wild. You know, I'm I was already I've already been you know trained. I guess you could say since probably when I started listening, which was the upper end of my high school career about certain th- posting certain things on social media. So I'm not a wild boy on social media by any stretch of the means. I might I might, you know, Ryan will tell you I'll rile some people up, but I won't I won't say, say anything crazy. But right, right, I did, right. if I even have a semi semi kind of a something crazy, I'm gonna get that call. Hey, why'd you post that? What are you talking about? What does this mean? I don't think you should post that. I don't get it very often. So even though my agent's not my PR, I'm not that good yet, but it's it's a real thing. And so I got yeah, I don't y'all didn't hear me. I said that I said daddy made a call. He said, chill out. That's yeah. basically what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. So be to to support uh B Mac here, I'm an actor or was an actor, I've been out here in LA, and my agent called me before and was like, Hey, uh, you just had something good with Taco Bell and in your Twitter feed. You made a joke saying the definition of insanity is eating Taco Bell and and then hashtag diarrhea. And like Taco Bell's people Boy. saw this and they were like, he cannot. And I didn't have I hadn't booked the job yet, so I didn't te- technically lose any money. But it was for a big campaign that I was up for. And they were unhappy with my joke that I made about eating Taco Bell. And my agent just said, go back through your timeline Anything you say bad about food companies, whatever it is, they're looking at it and they don't want to be associated with people who are publicly bad mouthing their brands. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I went through, I had some stuff about, I had a joke about KFC. I had like, you know, about Dove soap, whatever it was. I just went back there and just- What did they do to you? What do you mean? No, he just, that's just, I I guess what you, he said what they do to you, I guess you do it, but but him, he's just a comedian. He just, he looking at it as a joke. He didn't think it was really serious, well, but I, I know. that people are looking at the serious. That's what I'm saying. Like my dad used to tell me, is like, make sure you watch what you post because you never know years down the line somebody might dig up your stuff. And even now, like when I get some of these hot takes on on social media, I'm still trying to play. I'm still playing professionally, so it's like I don't know if I say the wrong thing and somebody look back and look at this. I right, believe right, it. Even right. if it wasn't the worst thing in the world, I'll still be like, yeah, I probably don't need to say that. My yeah. man Corley said the NFL is always trying to get ahead of things to be pioneers. Then they crank that U-turn when it backfires. I, la- I, I agree. He also at, said. I, I laughed at that. I laughed at that. That was funny. That <laughs> then it's another part he said real quick before. The bottom line is money, and they will lose money as they start to lose players and over coaches. So it's always a business thing. Like everything we do, I have come to the conclusion, unless it's just immediate family whatever, it's like it's everything has its own business. You do have genuine people out here, but it's still business-wise. So. Next topic, man. Watson going to training camp. You in Houston, because that's you live at, B-Mac, because he don't want to lose $50,000. He went from now, but I did hear the source that they're willing to listen to trade offers. One time, they won't. So it's like, what Watson trying to do? Like, now that he knows that, but at one time, it was like, okay, you're not, um, you're trying to stay on your ground, but you're afraid to lose money. But if you come back, now it's like, they know you're afraid to lose money, so they can keep you as long as they want to until you got it. But give me your take. I'm just curious, what have you heard in the Houston camp down there in Houston? <laughs> so, I haven't <laughs> heard anything specifically. Uh, well, okay, I take that back. I did hear, I mean, I, I and I didn't really hear anything concrete as far as, like, you know, the whole lawsuit thing, and that's really what I'm referring to. 
um, you know, there was reports that these women were tripping and getting paid to say stuff and all this. Hey, look, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I heard before the report came out about that, I heard it like I heard that like two or three days before. So I knew there was some I knew there was some truth to it. I do have a connection with Deshaun Watson. I've met Deshaun, I think, maybe two or three times. Um, if I walk up to Deshaun, he'll, he'll probably know who I am. I mean, I know my name, but he knows who I am. He's seen me before a few times. Um, it's it's a weird situation because that makes sense. Makes sense. Quality. It's like it's, it's one of it's one of those Marshawn Lynch moments. It's like you know why I'm here, like type of thing. So it gets awkward. It's like well, you're not here to, for us. So it's like why you know, and so. You, you know, from a football perspective, you hate it. You hate it. You, you can't hate it for the Texans because essentially this is their fault. But you have to think that, you know, as far as what is what's really going on with Deshaun's situation, I just read or saw yesterday that 10 more women filed for uh, sexual grievances or whatever the case was. Do you think they pretty much it. getting paid too as well? Or do you think it's like they just Look, they I don't, really I don't did? know. You can't judge. You can't judge. <laughs> I'm not going right, to right, right. pretend like. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know Deshaun personally. Right, right, right. I I can't like if I'm just talking about like I've had conversations with Deshaun. He don't seem like that type of dude to me. But you just you know it. Right, it's, becoming, right, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like so many women you can't really almost defend it anymore. It's like why does this keep popping up? And then I thought the here's the thing is that the the ironic part to me was. The filing of the ten women happened the day of or the day after they said he was coming to training camp. I said, did, did anybody did anybody pay attention to that? I thought that was really hmm. weird, but I don't know. My, I mean, my right thing now, is like right, his situation. Go ahead. Right now we're just playing conspiracy theories with it. Um, Tony. Um, for you go. Um, see, this is not my next thing with the situation. I was looking at Cortland. See, I mean, Cortland. When he was saying they do want to haul. My thing is, they would never have to have a haul if he never signed a big contract. For me, I felt like he signed a contract knowing all these guys are already gone. And once you sign that contract, it leaves no room to bring in people unless you just think rookies or whatever is going to be great. I think that Hunter Hawkins was already gone before he signed his big contract. Because now you got the money, now you're ready to take off. Now you got to expect to trade you and take out that contract. I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking like, you already knew you ain't had a receivers from the get-go. You signed a contract. Now you already knew that you had nothing there. Now you're putting yourself in a position that I mean, which I get it. It's a business. So if he just said I just want the money, cool. But now you're saying you want the money, you want to go elsewhere. Now you put yourself in a situation where like, how are these people gonna move me? Am I gonna be able to be moved? Is the team willing to give up everything for me? Because if they are, then you're pretty much in the same situation you are in Houston with nothing, you know, and you're still trying to win a game elsewhere, unless teams already got people already in place. That is still under rookie contract. Let's say if he went to San Francisco, Brandon IU under rookie contract. Um, Debo Sanders under rookie contract, you know. But Kittle, Warner, all those guys are under big paydays. So now you look at like that may make sense for weapon wise, but after that, now you got to figure out how you're gonna pay them guys a year after. So it still comes to a point like what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Um, Um, go ahead, Tony. So I was just going to say this to me, this feels like a move um, to kind of put the ball in the court of the NFL, right? Because they haven't mm. really given Deshaun a, whether or not he's going to be on the commissioner's exempt list. And so if you're not getting an answer and you're kind of waiting for all these legal things to shake out and, and, and the accounts are stacking up, 
then he needs to find out because the Texans would be foolish to trade him right now because you can't. If he does end up getting cleared by this, they'll be able to get so much more. So what do they care if they have to pay him a little bit of a salary now, mm. you know, or whatever he fights for in litigation to be able to get on missed out game checks, whatever it is. Deshaun Watson's camp needs to know what his availability is going to be. And they can't figure out what that is because right. the legal side of it. So the NFL has got to make decisions and no team is going to give up really anything for him they're not going to cut him right he's not really he's not really uh yeah and just the nfl this is just going to be a bad look for them because right the first time you see him in video and pads and everything like that people are going to run with it there's going to be narratives pushed on all cnns and everywhere else talking can you believe the nfl did this and then that'll force the nfl to make a decision about something right that's what usually happens too the last topic for today I ain't going to talk about Team USA basketball. We lit it for another day. I'm going to talk about Simone Biles. Everybody has been talking about how she dropped out and legacy, stuff like that. So give me your quick take on that, then we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, I definitely have to go after this. Um, yeah, I was talking to my boy about this uh, earlier. Um, I don't know, has anybody noticed that all these mental health issues and people pulling out of events, that like all three of them are black women. I don't know what the deal is with that. You got Serena, you got Naomi, and then now you got Simone Biles. I was just kind of taken aback by it. I think everybody was. Uh, originally, they said that it was an injury, and then it turned out to be, you know, everything is too stressful. I don't know, man. I mean, are they lacking? Are they lacking an alpha male in their life? I don't. I don't know what it is. Like ooh, because ooh. somebody has to. Somebody's got to step in with all this. You know, are you? <laughs> I don't even know how to look, Ryan. I, I really don't even know how to put it. I really don't know how to put it. It's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like so stressful. So this, it's like, okay, so what are you not saying? What are you dealing with that we don't know? And of course, that's on. That's gonna be on her to let us know that. But I just think it's a bad look. I think it's a really bad look. Um, you've had four years to deal with stress. Everybody, people, hundreds of athletes have gone through the Olympics, and they haven't dealt with any less stress than you have. So I just want to know, yeah. like, what's going on in your personal life to where you can't compete at your best to where, you know, I don't know, and now everybody's built everybody's built differently. I think, you know, some people can perform. I always think about Kobe's uh, assault case. I ain't going to say rape case. He ain't raping. Uh, you know, he, assault case. I mean, dude, dude was almost about to lose his marriage potentially being convicted for something he didn't do public embarrassment mm -hmm. all of the above and dude went off for nine straight 40 point games i always think about that when especially when i'm going through stuff so i'm just like i, I don't know what it is i'm not everybody's cut from the same kobe was one-on-one to be honest with you but uh, i think a lot of people try to imitate those different things i hope simone is okay she said she and the interesting comment to me was that she said she was she was trying to return to the events still in the Olympics, which means she's not done. So that's why I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's... A lot of indecisiveness, what, I think, that's what you basically did. A lot did. of indecisiveness, like, what, what's really going on, but, you know. And, like, so, for you, I know that... I'm sorry. It's like, for you, for, for people to know, like, Tony, not Tony, um, B-Mac, 
actually can talk so much on this detail because of what you've been through through your early age and all that stuff doing, if you don't mind doing. Even on one of my podcasts previously a while back, he talks about mental health and a lot of stuff you had to go through from journaling all around the countries and stuff like that. So you actually know because you had to go through those processes to see if you needed help and stuff like that. And that. So yeah. go ahead, Tony. Um, For me, this, this comes down to uh, where sort of where we're at and when you reach the mountaintop, right? When you used to reach the mountaintop, um, you didn't want to lose whatever was there. Like it was, whether it was like a little more money, a little more clout, a little more fame, but now that they're there, they have so much. Why would you want to put yourself through all of this like mental anguish at the top? Like for what? Like you, you've already got everything. You realize that maybe some of the stuff that you wanted or that you're hanging on to isn't that valuable. And you're just kind of like, you know what? I don't want to do another interview. I don't want to be the face of this. I don't want to do this. They enjoying all the other stuff. But at the same time, it's like, what's the point of continuing to just be like having this amount of pressure and this amount of scrutiny when you already have all of the things that you wanted? That's the way I look at it. Like you just don't. Go ahead. No, I, I, I read, I'm reading Cortland's comment down here. Um, I don't know what athlete is 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 judged fairly at all. I don't know. I mean, I know Simone. I did read something. I think it was probably fake news when they said that they were gonna they were gonna judge Simone's. Uh, they were gonna judge Simone differently than the other gym, uh, gymnasts. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I kind of doubt it, but. Um, and then he also said that she's been a target of public bias. I guess, I, I, I guess, I, I just don't know, like, why would that stop you from performing at mm. the highest level? That that's my question. Like, what what is pushing you back? And I and Tony, I see, I hear what you're saying. That's a, a a good perspective as far as like when you get to the top and you see everything, and it's not what you want it to be or not what it is, and it's like entirely. It's a lot to deal with. I mean, to think about it, Jordan retired, and we, we saw in the last dance why he retired, you know, as far as we know. You know, yeah. so much, his dad, all the gambling accusations, and, I mean, this was before social media. What about so, Paul George in the in the bubble last year? Everybody was making fun of him, and he was just saying, like, what do I need this shit for? I just want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm not mentally right. What was he going to lose by just going? And yeah, sometimes think, we don't have that. We don't, we can't really comprehend what it's like. Yeah. I think the luxury of being able to play at a super high level or perform at a super high level. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, we still have a generation here, you know, you know, my, even part of my generation, I'm generation, uh, what is it? Z or whatever, X, whatever it's called. I'm pre-millennial. So I'm still sort of part of that generation that kind of has a hard stone, you know, toughness mindset. And mm -hmm. I think we're starting to kind of dwindle on that for a variety of reasons. I mean, the old generations, older, older generation did not pay attention to, to mental health like that. So, I mean, who knows back in history, how many people were dealing with some crazy stuff mentally. They just never said anything because people were just like, well, that's just an excuse or you're weak and this, that, and the third. So I just wonder, I, I, I think really to me, if you're going to have an opinion on this, I like, I like, uh, like Ryan said, you know, I had a, I've had a history of mental health, like not, uh, you know, putting too much out there, but I had a history of mental health. I know exactly what that sounds like. I know what it is. I've been there before. I just, 
I don't know. I, I felt like I was a little bit different. I wasn't going to allow it to, to take me away from the things that, but then again, I've never been at that level. So I can't really even speak on that to that extent. I just hope, like I said, I hope she's getting the help that she needs. And, you know, some of the other athletes that I've seen, you know, Kevin Love has spoken up on it. DeMar DeRozan has spoken up on it. You know, I don't see them not performing because of it. You know, that that's my question, you know. Um, I just want to say one – Go ahead, Tony. Just one last thing real quick. I don't envy the role of Simone Biles. Like, to me, that's a burden. It's a burden to be – like, it would be great if I could reach that at something in my life, but also, like, I don't envy it. I don't want it. I think it's a mm. burden to carry that sort of weight and scrutiny, and it's I not agree. as fun as people think that it is. Right, it's right, it's right, miserable. Right. Right. I agree with that. And that's and people could definitely listen to my go to any one of my podcast platforms and check out the Brandon McElvey episode. It was a while back. He talks and discuss everything about mental illness, what he's went through, things like that. So he can kind of like give you the direct information because it's a lot. And for what you guys are saying, like I, I definitely get it. We don't know how anybody's pressures or how people handle stuff. Like you were saying, um, B Matt, you said you were strong enough to withstand and go through it. A lot of people don't have that that going. And I guess as a black female in in in, in the I guess in this this country or being an athlete, like everybody has different patience tolerance levels. You know, it's different. Like for us, like for us as sports podcasters, things like that, like, you know, we can say things and we're just giving our opinion, just like the people on TV, ESPN and Fox are doing. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we don't, we have our personal opinion, but we're not in every room. So we're here to kind of give people an outlook of what we, what we view, what we think on the sports world or, Whatever topic it may be, we have our own proof. And that's what makes every sports podcast and every person unique because they have their own perception of level or art of language or uh, uh, the art of conversation, not Spanish or French, but how the way you you basically present it to your fan base, whoever your fan base is, whatever the fan base is. Everybody has their own unique niche. And that's the beauty of this, you know, seeing everybody's differences, seeing how everybody works, seeing how everybody thinks like. The most beautiful thing in the world, even though we live in troubled worlds, even though the world from people are pretty much stressed, is the beauty of how everybody thinks. That's something that allows me to get on social media. A lot of people say it's negative this, negative that. I don't look at it like that. I look at people have their own way of thinking. And it's kind of interesting to, to, to tap, inside, tap inside of somebody's mind and see how they look and view things. But go ahead. Plug everything you want to plug in. Or say what you got to say, be met. You know, but after that, y'all no, all plug in your podcast. I'm good. Uh, just everybody check out the Be In Your Lane podcast. Me and my boy, uh, Clear Lanes. Clear Lanes is a, uh, he's a rapper. Uh, you can check out his music as well when you're on there. Be In Your Lane podcast. We drop just about every week, every other week. Uh, we just started a couple months ago, so just make sure y'all subscribe and check out the channel. Awesome. Uh, Tony Tucker, Warzone Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, when you get a chance, go over there, hit the subscribe button, join in, comment, uh, let us know. Uh, what's going on where you're at in the world of sports and, and shout out to Courtland Matthew Griffin man honestly man you have been up here asking so many questions and commenting engaging we need more people like that I appreciate you sharing I my agree. live post and I'm saying this live because it's genuine when you find genuine love you appreciate it and it's anything I can help you with and do man feel free to let me know and I'd be more than happy to help you too as well Courtland I appreciate you always chiming in every time consistent basis you might get some in the mail man we might see I get some raw my sports stuff With that being said, that's all. Raw Thoughts from Ryan. We are out. Yes, sir.